Hello. Hello, Dean. You're a stupid head. Homer, is that you? No! Okay, guys, welcome back to another Grimerica. Um, kind of a special episode, if you will. Yeah, lots of uh, guests and previous guests and fans. A little call-in show. Yeah, um, I don't think we're going to stick around here too long. It's kind of just a clip show, I guess, if you will. Yeah, it was good to chat with uh, a bunch of new Americans. Yeah, and if any if any of you guys are interested in, in being on a, another one, we're thinking we might do this every few months. So shoot us an email or find us on Twitter or Facebook and let us know if you want to if you want to come on the show for a little call in on the next round and and we'll see what see what we can do to fit you in. Yeah, so we've got a little little chat with one of our fans, uh, David, and then we get into uh, a chat where we have Red Pill Junkie and our Kiwi ambassador, Jared Drake, on the line at the same time. That was pretty cool. Yeah, and then after that, well, it, we popped into it with Efrain Palermo. Uh, some of you might, some of you that have been with us since the beginning might remember him from episode one. And uh, continuing on with that theme, Jagger from, you know, our training yeah, from the early days, he was almost the third Grimerican. Uh, you guys never heard him, but you do hear his music every single episode. He's uh, one of the writers of the intro. He was the bassist for the intro theme music. Yeah, so that's about uh, all we got, eh? A little short intro, and now we'll just get right into the uh, the episode. Yeah, and we'll be back next week to our regular format, guys. So thanks for listening, and... Uh, Enjoy the chat. Okay, and next on the line, we've got uh, David. Um, welcome to Grimerica, Dave. Uh, thanks for having me. So, thanks for listening to the show. Uh, have you had a favorite episode so far? Or? Uh, really, everyone that I listen to, they keep getting better and better. I, uh, I like the one you had a couple weeks ago, or it may have been the most previous one. Um, I mean, really, they're all good. I can't really pinpoint on one that I like the best so far, but I mean... Great stuff. Just keep doing it. Yeah, thanks, buddy. That's that's really good to hear. Yeah, thanks. Uh, have you ever had an experience? Yeah, I've had a few. Um, one that really sticks out. I kind of emailed a mysterious universe about once, and they gave me a little kind of quick review of what they thought. But hear what you think. Um, I was probably maybe ten, eleven years old out here in uh, Indiana. Me and my sister, it was on a, you know, summer day. can't remember exactly, you know, when, but, um, you know, summer break for school. We decide we're going to the library. And um, so we go outside. We're walking, and we're both kind of walking down the driveway. It's a pretty long driveway, and we're uh, sitting there, and it's really quiet. I mean, you know, it's the middle of the day. A lot of people are at work. Not too unusual, but, I mean, this was like quiet, quiet, like almost like you had your hands over your ears, had earplugs in or something. And um, get to the end of the street, look down the street, and about three or four houses down, there's a stop sign, four-way stop sign. And everybody was like, pause. 
there was a there's a hill after the stop sign and there was a car like in the process of going down the hill one that was almost in the process of turning and we both looked at them we looked at them for probably i mean i'd say at least a good five seconds and they were just like not moving everywhere i mean the trees weren't moving you couldn't hear wind nothing it was just completely quiet completely still and uh just out of nowhere bam everything moved you could hear stuff you could hear the trees moving when the cars went on no idea exactly how to explain that but almost like a a little time skip yeah 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 or, or what they call the oz effect They've been talking yeah, about that on yeah, Mysterious Universe. Yeah, I, rem- I think I remember hearing uh, your story there. What's the Oz yeah. effect? I don't remember that. When, when everything goes quiet and silent, and then something really strange happens. So did anything happen after that, David? Well, I, uh, I was with my sister at the time, and after, after they had you know, played it on the show, I, I called her, and crazy thing happened. You know, she's like, Oh my God, I was just thinking about that, you know, and she's like, I thought you forgot. And, uh, I told her about it and she, uh, I told her to go to it and listen to it. And I asked her because I mean, it was so long ago. I was only, you know, 10, 11 years old. I asked her, you know, did anything else happen? And the only thing that she could come up with is, um, right after it happened, there was, um, it was, it was a pretty bright, sunny day. And, uh, I do actually remember this now that I think about it. It was, I don't know how to really describe it. How it was, it was more than just like a sun, sunlight bright. Almost like everything had almost like a. I don't really want to say glow, but I mean it was a just different bright. color, kind of. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and then you know, as soon as everything started moving, it kind of just went back to like a dull sunlight. Which I, I, you know, thinking about it, I, I probably just thought, you know, oh, clouding over the sun or something. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Other than that, I don't. I don't personally remember anything else happening. She she might have something else, but uh, yeah, we didn't really get too much into it. It was so long ago, probably twenty twenty five years ago. So, do you talk to this type of stuff with your friends and uh, people in your day to day life? No, not really. Not really. Um, huh? You know, I tell my closest friends. I told my wife about this one, and but normally, no. Does <laughs> that, she listen to? Does she listen to podcasts too? Um, I've been trying to get her into it. She's not as big into the stuff as I am. Yeah. Like, uh, I do go on ghost hunts pretty frequently, and she'll go with me, kind of plays along. But, um, yeah, she's, she's trying. <laughs> yeah. No, that's cool. Well, thanks. Uh, thanks a lot for calling in, Dave, and thanks for your story. It was uh, that was a great tale. I, I think I do kind of remember that from MU now. Yeah, right after they told me it was uh, something about that Oz effect, Jenny Randall, I went out and bought her book, and actually still waiting on it to get here from Amazon. So.
Okay, so we've got uh, Jared Drake uh, on the line from New Zealand and uh, Red Pill Junkie joining us from Mexico and uh, Graham. How's it going, Graham? Hey, pretty good. We're just spread it all over the world here. That's great. How's it going tonight, Jared? Thanks for uh, coming on with us. Hey, thanks thanks for calling me. Appreciate it. Yeah, it's kind of the opposite to a call-in show. eh? We call the the guests. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I was here to pick up. How's uh, how's things down south, Red? Hey guys, nice to be here. Nice to be part of the worldwide American experience. <laughs> we'll see how long our connections can last here, but it's good to have both you guys on the line. So, Jared, uh, what what you uh, what did, what's your feeling? What do you what do you have? Do you have any questions? Uh, yeah, just um, just looking at what's going on at the moment around the place. Um, Fukushima, I'm getting a bit concerned about that because that, that affects us down at this side of the world. Mm. Yeah, they're going to turn that area into a big uh, big refrigerator by the look of it, big freezer. Wow. Yeah. yeah I picked that up off the uh, the red pills this week, um, RPJ. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because they need to fix that that problem before they can host the Olympic, Olympic Games in 2020. <laughs> Yeah, that was interesting that they got that uh, that choice awarded. Well, I guess it's obviously they meant to use it as a way to boost uh, the Japanese economy, which took a really heavy toll after the tsunami in 2010. Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure the Olympics cost you money most of the time, though. Yeah, you're definitely right. Uh, they, yeah, they, the cities hosting the games never managed to break even. You know, they they always lose money. I was in yeah. Vancouver for 2010, and it was uh, it was actually quite an amazing experience. It was uh, incredible, all the people out uh, just just in a really good form, partying, and, and, and from all over the world. It was pretty fantastic. Yeah, well, maybe if you don't see it from the economic angle, it will be something uh, to cheer uh, the Japanese people up, you know, to have this great international party to serve as host for all the the uh, guests and visitors coming from all over the world, you know, to to see the games. From that perspective, you know, uh, it's it's hard uh, to be cynical about the Olympic Games. You know, the, the, it, it can really be a, a a positive experience. Yeah. Hey, Jared, uh, what's the media saying over there? Then is is there quite a lot of, of bad news about Fukushima? Like I've I've heard some uh, fake Fukushima. Fakeishima, yeah, I've heard some interesting things from a uh, from a couple guys uh, on the No Agenda podcast talking about uh, kind of the uh, the media spin from a different angle. The media spin over here is is uh, is blank, basically. You don't see anything. You don't you don't hear anything about it at all. Like you you have to look into it. You really oh, do. Oh wow. Hmm. I'm, I I haven't seen anything on the mainstream, but I don't really pay attention to a hell of a lot of it anyway. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, me neither. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you got to look into it down here. But just seeing, there's a couple of pictures from uh, Noah, I think it was, and you can just see how it's flowing, you know, through the ocean. It's almost bypassing Australia and all heading down our way, oh, which boy. is scary. Yeah, very scary. Yeah, no matter what the levels are, when you see it like that, it must be. It's it's a bit freaky. Yeah. I don't know. The states must have detonated like. I bet you at least 30 or 40 nukes under the ocean all over the place back in the 40s. 
And that's got to be as much or more radiation than than Japan. Well, I don't I don't know if it's got anything to do with that, but I just found a very interesting news on Yahoo about these lobsters. They this lobster they found that instead of having the typical pincer, it had it kind of have like six fingers. <laughs> <laughs> so. <laughs> I really hope that's not caused by the Fukushima radiation. Opposable. Did it have an opposable thumb? I don't know. It looks like. Because like, that's fucking trouble. Like the, the fish, like the sea fish version of Edward Scissorhands. <laughs> uh, the other one is we've got um, Kim.com. Have you guys been following him at all? Yeah, well, I follow him on Twitter. He's always up to something, but. Yeah. I don't pay attention. Half of his pictures are just him flaunting his money, too, so. Yeah, well, he's trying to put together a political party down here as well now. Yeah, he's getting into politics. Uh, you guys, I like the way you guys do your politics down there. I love that that one dude from Australia that was just fighting with the uh, fighting with the reporter. <laughs> Did you see that video? They, play, I, I they played it on No Agenda, I think. Yeah, I just uh, heard uh, our friends Ben and Aaron on the latest plus episodes of Mysterious Universe talking about how this guy crashed the party uh, uh, celebrating the win of the new prime minister <laughs> and everybody knows who the fuck is this guy you know seems some lunatic who was there uh, uninvited and nobody oh, bothered losing red in. can you guys hear me I can no, hear we him, lost, I we can lost hear him fine. Oh, okay 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 hmm so it was kind of a funny, you know, the the guy like like Ben told this new prime minister could have been killed right on the on the victory party. Does that happen down in Australia? Assassinations and shit. That seems like a United States thing. Mm. Got it. Yeah. Don't know about that down here. Bit too slow on the pickup. <laughs> <laughs> they do they do assassinations with big knives. <laughs> yeah, and a stick. <laughs> yeah. With a boomerang. <laughs> so so yeah. what's what is it about this guy that, that I don't I don't really know who you guys are talking about, I don't think. And he's uh I think his name's Clive Barker or something. Yeah, it's a hard one for me because I haven't really been following the Australian the Australian side of it. I've been trying to keep an eye on, on what's going on here. Um like our No, I meant the uh, New Zealand one. Yeah. Who's that guy? Oh well with He's a mega dude. In New Zealand. Oh, with Mega. Um, oh, it's a mega dude. Yeah. <clears throat> oh, yeah, well, wow, he's okay. just trying to get a party together. He's trying to get a party together and, um, you know, run run for for getting into Parliament, so to speak. Wow. Okay, that's interesting. Because with that system, he wouldn't be able to go, obviously, run for Prime Minister right off the bat. It's, um, you need yeah. to have a, have a lot more involved. Um, but it is interesting. I mean, he's standing up for a lot and he's still fighting this whole... Uh, this uh, GCSB thing that he went through. <clears throat> yeah, the internet rights and stuff like that. Yeah, having his house raided by basically America, you know, making our police <laughs> raid his house. <laughs> I just can't fail to, uh, to think that there's such a great contrast between this guy, Kim.com, and Julian Assange, <laughs> who right now is basically a prisoner. Uh, Inside the Ecuadorian Ecuadorian embassy in London, 
you know, and who knows where, when he will be able to, to, to get out of there. And I know that he was planning or trying to, to uh, be uh, a candidate for the the Australian Senate. So I don't know. It's kind of an interesting contrast, you know, because between the flamboyant image of Kingdom Come and Julian Assange, who who is also, you know, uh, trying to 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 exploit his uh, his popularity. You know, Some, he always he also has something of an ego, but he definitely is not as I don't know crass or as as Kingdom Come. Well, yeah, Kim.com's um, playing the victim, um, saying, claiming that he didn't do anything wrong. Um, uh, it's a grey area. But the whole um, the raid on his place and him being um, looked into like that is where he's, where he's pointing the finger. Apparently it was, it was through our system, through our legal system. It wasn't a legal raid. And I don't the know. He denied it. If if we want to enter into conspiracy mode here, I always got the suspicion that the real reason they wanted to go after King.com not no it wasn't because the United States was so worried about all these illegal downloads, you know. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> all these people downloading uh, porn videos or whatever, but because they wanted to try to uh, dismantle the method to share uh, files uh, in, the, in the in the internet you know because the same way you can uh, you could download a porn video or make an upload you could also download a, a war documents released by WikiLeaks and you know th there was a time when they wanted to try to use this uh, those types of uh, file sharing websites you know, in case the WikiLeaks got dismantled or something. So I think Wait. that was the real reason why they wanted to try to, to put a scare on all those uh, uh, file-sharing websites. Yeah, well, you can download the um, the plans for a receiver, you know, on, on a 3D printer, for instance. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Exactly. Mm. What do you guys think about that, Darren and Graham? Yeah, it doesn't. It's not too far of a stretch for me at all. Yeah, well, we're we're mega customers. <laughs> <laughs> we use mega all the time. Yeah. Maybe he's just got a massive amount, you know, a, a big spider web of his own his own setup that they can't put a kill switch on. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. yeah. It's just interesting to see guys like that get into politics. Like they might have a very genuine motive that they they think they can make a a positive change it'll be interesting to see what happens in a couple of years when he realizes that uh, it's not that easy yeah well you could say the same thing about someone like donald trump the united states you know that guy's a yeah. fucking idiot yeah <laughs> but a lot of people think the same thing about king.com yeah yeah, I don't, I don't mind, I don't mind. Kim. Yeah, Dot but com. yeah, but I mean, I. But that's like a, my. That's probably because I see him as a, a victim myself. Like that affects. If it wasn't for that, I might think differently of him. I don't yeah, know. but I mean, it's Trump would say. get shut down if he if he made it to office too. Like nobody's above, uh, what controls. I think what controls the, uh, 
the political system, right? Doesn't matter who's in charge as a president or whatever. I think that uh, the system's controlling them. That's my kind of conspiratorial opinion. I agree. I agree completely. I don't know. I think it's all on the up and up. Tyrant <laughs> <laughs> the revolutionary. They got Is our it? best interests at heart. So, America. <laughs> so Jared, uh, it's good to chat with you. What what's um like do you like obviously, you know, you listen to our podcast, you're interested in a lot of these topics. Do you uh do you chat with a lot of people at home about this stuff? Is it pretty open in your in your day to day life? It's actually I've only got about two people that I can talk about any of this stuff, you know, with. Um people are very close minded. Um you know, because it is quite broad, there's some things you can sort of slip in, some things yeah, you just yeah. don't even go there, you know. Yeah. yeah. Um Yeah. Uh, nah, it's it's too hard to, to be able to talk to, and I'm sort of trying to rally the troops, trying to you know find new people to talk to about this. Um, but I, I have found that my my outlet is actually uh, a broad following of different podcasts. Myself, yeah, listen to, yeah. to a number. Yeah. Do you have uh, a favorite favorite subject? Well, at the moment, it's actually. Uh, a favourite one-off story would have to be the Black Knight satellite. That's my favourite at the moment. It's, I find that very interesting. Mm. Um, but also at the moment, I'm, I'm really getting into the consciousness. Um, been listening to a lot of Bruce Lipton because he's been down here a bit. Um, he really likes New Zealand. Uh, but he's got an interesting take on things, you know, about actually creating your own reality, reality oh, and the science behind that. You know, oh, I love crazy. that stuff. Yeah, I was just yeah. reading a book. Uh, we're probably gonna. He's he was in in a chapter in a book I'm reading about uh, energy healing technologies and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And they started talking about uh, the science behind intuition and all that. It's pretty fascinating. I mean, yeah. uh, intention. Intention. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah, it's amazing stuff, and you know, he just spurts it out. You know, it's it's amazing how how it all works. Um, so yeah, that's that's what I'm into at the moment. You know, I'm I'm following up a bit on the the consciousness side. You know, I find it amazing. Um, now that there's the science, people starting to get science behind it. You know, it's one thing to have a Tony Robbins sort of outlook and, you know, you just think it and you create it, but now it's getting a bit further where you're at a point where the science is actually coming into it as well. Yeah, yeah. Like science is catching up with what the mystics and the religious folks have been saying for two yeah. thousand years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Some of that's still too out there for me. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Open that, your mind. That's like the, yeah. that's the second time in two days I heard someone talking about that Black Knight satellite. There you go. There you go. Yeah. What is what, what is you, that? See, yeah, that's Darren, how the loop I am. Listen on it, Darren. I don't know. It's I think isn't isn't that that uh, that thing that it circles on a north south orbit? I think. Yeah, it's a polar orbit, and then it's um. Apparently, I think it was Tesla was picking up some um, radio signals from it in like the end of the 18th century there, um, sorry, 19th century, and he um, he was plotting it, and then it got picked up again. Somebody picked up a signal from it that that basically blurted out a star chart that was our stars 13,000 years ago. Um, it's massive. It was bigger than the Skylab when that was still up there. 
So nobody was claiming it. Nobody knew, you know, nobody could have gotten that much weight up there. And, um, you know, it was doing a polar orbit, which they said at the time they couldn't do, and I'm not too sure if they still can. I don't know. But, yeah, it's, it's an interesting story. Oh, okay. I know. I know what you're I talking think about. They, now. Yeah, that, yeah. It's supposed to be incredibly difficult. Yeah. I, my take would be is it's a satellite from a forgotten time. Yeah. Mine before right. time, bitch. I mean, yeah. playing playing devil's devil's advocate here. If this uh, star night uh, satellite is still orbiting the Earth, is it possible for the uh, uh, amateur astronomers to try to track it? Apparently there are photos of it from amateur astronomers. Yeah, it would definitely be tough because like uh, usually things are orbiting the same way you're spinning so it makes it a little easier to lock on than when you're going one way at a thousand kilometers an hour or whatever it is and then that, that fucking thing's flying across you at 13,000 or 15,000 miles an hour, so I'd, I'd, I'd definitely be tough, I would think. Yeah. So it's definitely uh, more difficult to track it than, say, this the International Space Station. Yeah, exactly, because it's okay. kind of rolling with you. Okay, okay. Got it. Yeah. It'll be, be a spiral, so to speak. It's spiraling through space, if you looked at it that way. Hmm. Well, yeah, very I interesting one. I'll have to Google it. Yeah, I was just checking out a podcast, I think, the other day. I don't know if they released yet. Um, expanded Perspectives. And they they were talking about it. Yeah, and there's also, you know, if you are into Philip K. Dick, how uh, in the 1970s he claimed to be receiving some messages from what he called Valis. Valis? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. And some people are trying to connect the dots and say, okay, so Tesla's uh, signal, Martian signal, was the same as uh, Dick's Valis. And it's uh, originated all from the Dark Knight satellite. I don't know, maybe it's something of a stretch, but it's a, a very interesting possibility. Wasn't there a story that came with it, Valis? Yeah, he he wrote a book about it, he, and he also had. I think he held a press conference trying to tell that, uh, you know, this wasn't a simple uh, science fiction story. That is what that that it was based on uh, on true facts. And when That's he true. realized that people were freaking out, <laughs> he tried to backpedal a bit. You know, say, uh, <laughs> never mind. <laughs> It's a good. Uh, I, I listened to it on audio. It was a good audio book. Mm. I have to look it up. Almost like the uh, the radio station trying to promote their change of format. You would have heard about that one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. Oh, it's kind it of embarrassing, actually. Yeah. Kind of embarrassing. What's that? Is that the spy uh, radio station? No, uh, there's radio station in the states. I can't remember what state. Maybe Alabama or something like that. Uh huh. And they uh, they were changing their format, so they did a little bit of a a, bro a fake broadcast about ET's. Uh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. And and it sounded really kind of cheesy, but it was uh, spread through social media and and then believed. And then the, the the parents were worried about their kids at school, and they needed cops to come or something. Is there anything else that I need to to add to that, Jared? 
No, that's pretty much it in a nutshell. <laughs> yeah. Nutter shell. Yeah. <laughs> and I... they, they got so sold by the story. I mean, you could hear it. It was like an episode of V or something, you know, like one of the bad versions of it. And um, yeah. hmm. they're all talking about it. And you could just tell it was so put on. Yeah, people must have been listening to it and getting so, so wound up in it. And then for it to be uh, echoed throughout the social media, everybody was so concerned about it, you know. It's, uh, I don't know. How many Americans believe in angels? Fucking eighty percent, probably seventy yeah, percent. So believe they believe they're yeah, eighty percent of them are right. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's the downside of social media is you end up with shit like that and shit like Sharknado being good enough that they can make a sequel. Oh, yeah. Even though no are you guys Sharknado fans or what the hell is that? Oh, you never heard of Sharknado? It just sounds terrible. It is it does, oh, it's it? terrible. It doesn't even ring off the tongue or anything. Oh. I had to get somebody to repeat it to me like four times. Like, what are you, what are you trying to tell me? Sharknado? I didn't, I didn't, it's. I, have, the, I haven't North. seen it, but it's been all over Twitter. So all the so North and Atlantic like... sharks have gotten together and agreed on shit or what? No, <laughs> no. it's like literal, literal shark tornadoes. <laughs> see, see, it's yeah. <laughs> it's a tornado. That's the thing. It's yeah. like you need a way to have the sharks flying. So, well, here comes the tornado. <laughs> so, yeah, oh, sharks wow. flying around oh, yeah, in circles Jer- through the air, yeah. eating people. <laughs> Jer- I just would like to know how many lines of coke were needed in order to come up with such brilliant. Oh, yeah. yeah. That, 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 that thing came to be at like 4.30 in the morning in some fucking yeah. pentos. It's more like how many lines of coke were needed to come down off the other drugs that got them to that place. Yeah. I mean, seriously. Yeah. Sharknado. Yeah, well, I mean, that's, it's like the movie uh, Idiocracy, no? Where in 50 years from now... The biggest blockbuster in in in, in the movies will be oh my balls! <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. And so then, much truth and then to that the, movie. The Costco's like <laughs> sixty miles long or something. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Takes three days to get to the to the other department. Yeah, and everybody uh, drinks Gatorade instead of water because it has yeah. electrolytes. <laughs> it's got electrolytes, dude. Yeah. Yeah. That was classic. Mm-hmm. No one ever heard of that. It was like uh, one of those ones that didn't really get picked up on. Is it called Idiocracy? Idiocracy. Yeah. By, okay. by the same guy who made Bibis and Butthead. <laughs> yeah, that's him. Yeah, King of the Hill. Um, and King of the Hill, too? Yeah. It's crazy that we're talking about all this stuff and, and from across the world. I don't know. It's, it's just amazing. All these... Uh, Everything's reaching so far. Well, we're highly influenced by um, American culture. Yeah, Yeah, Yeah. definitely. You can probably almost pick up American stations. Well, we've got the internet. It doesn't matter. You know, it's, it's, you're getting everything and anything you want. Do you live near the Shire at all? Uh, Well, I'm in Wellington, so not very far away um, (laughs) is the home of of the, uh, you know, the Lord of the Rings and everything. Yeah, yeah. Peter Jackson's house. You can walk past that. Oh, Oh, wow. That is so cool. Yeah, Yeah, it's uh, Del Toro. Del Toro was uh, like two doors down from where my buddy lives. That's where he was living at the time. 
um, yeah, you know, it's crazy. It's like Weta was just around the corner and, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. Peter Jackson still lives in the house that he grew up in. It's this funny little brick thing on a corner, you know, not little. Wow, but, wow. yeah. With, with all this crazy security on the roof and everything. Huh. As you could imagine. Yeah. How long does it take to drive across? Across where? The short way or the long way? Mm. <laughs> oh, just on the North Island, you could drive all the way to the top in about, from where I am, about 20 hours. Oh, so that's mm. still a bit of a haul. Yeah. The South well, Island. Well, it's probably not that, like so. like here I can just hit the road and do 100 miles an hour all the way to Ontario. Yeah, that's probably right. can't drive that as fast there. I'd imagine the train's a little rougher. Yeah, it's rougher, it but windier. And... We've got the central plateau, which is a, a, a they call it a desert, but it's not. It's just it's it's you know volcanoes and all sorts. It's pretty rock, uh, rocky and rough, and you know you got to take your time up there. It gets closed all the time because of um, snow and everything. Mm-hmm. We actually just finally got our first download on the South Island last week, I think. Oh, cool. First one. Yeah, so now we've conquered New Zealand. Yeah. <laughs> I think you've got one other up in Auckland, I think. How many people live in yeah. New Zealand? 4.4 million. Oh. Really? Oh, yeah. my God. Yeah. Obviously, they haven't updated that one lately, Graham. Yeah. <laughs> 20 million people alone live in Mexico City. Yeah. That's a crazy thing. You know, like, the entire population of New Zealand could fit in Sydney in Australia. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, right. And then Australia's in, in New York, I think. Yeah. 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 We we got what we just got I think one point two million or something here. Calgary. Four million yeah. in Alberta. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Spirit of competition. So have you had any um kind of strange experiences at all in, in your life, uh, Jared? Um <clears throat> I would say that I've had um when I was really young, uh, a couple of OBEs. Oh yeah, yeah. Myself, I'd um, I remember getting into bed, and if I, um, if I laid face down on my pillow, put my face on my pillow, I'd um, I could pretend that I was, like it was almost like dots, little dots in front of me, like a, a pixelated sort of a thing, and then I could pretend that I was going up and down, like I could see something moving, sort of like a bad screensaver, <laughs> you know, scrolling yep. through. And I could watch that, and if I focused on that long enough, I could feel its motion, and I could feel that moving up and down and stuff. And it was almost like that red that red look that you get if you look at the, you know, close your eyes looking at the sun. You get that mm-hmm. red sort of blood. And that would move, and then I'd feel myself move. And then if I drifted off to sleep at the same time, um, I would definitely feel uh, something else. And I remember one night I drifted off to sleep and next thing you know, I was actually sitting on the roof of, of our house on the peak, just looking around. And I had a sense of, of um, hearing and sight, but no real sense of, like, I had a sense of a form, so to speak. I knew that I was sitting, I knew that there was gravity on me mm-hmm. um, to a degree. But I could see everything around me, and I could look around and move around, and so on and so forth. And um, the next morning, like because I I was young, so I went to bed before you know it was too late. I remember waking up 
and jumping at, you know, at my window and having a look to see what cars were parked outside. And they were different to when I went to bed, yet I could recognise exactly what was going on out there. I'd seen that already. Um, and I wasn't scared, I wasn't anything. I was a kid, so I didn't, didn't understand it. But um, I definitely know that something happened that night. And, you know, it happened a couple of times. Has that made you want to explore it? Yeah, yeah, I was just going to say. So you, yeah, yeah. you're going to try and get there again then? Yeah, Yeah. well, I'm, I'm getting um, getting back into meditation and, um, you know, I'm trying to pick up on things around me a bit more. Like synchronicity has been a big one in my life over the last yeah. few years, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And, oh, yeah. I've had some ups and downs in my life, some real big ups and downs, and they're still going. However, I still am a firm believer in synchronicity and, and um that's reassurance every now and then it's like a pat on the back and it's like yep you're on the right path and that's yep. that's what i believe that's yeah that's I mean, that's 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 what i think too yeah i, th I think it was sorry um i think it was you graham you, you were talking about listening to a, a audible book and you're walking down the road and just as somebody said element you saw it on t-shirt yeah yeah like right at the same second yeah the other day i was in a waiting room and um I was just flicking through a magazine, it was a car magazine, I'm not big on cars, but I was just flicking through and um, I turned the page and it was for a, a car called a Sorento, uh, I'm a Kia Sorento. As I turned to that page, just read the word and the word Sorento came through on the, the stereo that was playing, real <laughs> horrible song, Sorento. Wow. But, I mean Sorento, that's a word that you did, just doesn't come up in your day to day, really. And so yeah. I thought, far out, that's just trippy, you know, that's, that's really, that's random, but there's, there must be a point to it. Anyway, next day at work, you know, in the morning, talking, I, I work in a kitchen, I do catering, there's just me and one other, and we're talking about our travels, you know, I've been overseas with being a chef, and my boss was saying, you know, I said, what's your favourite place that you've ever been? And she goes, oh, my favourite place has got to be Sorrento. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, What? And I didn't even tell her. I didn't say anything to her. I just kept it to myself because um, I know that she's not, you know, whenever I mention something like that, it's just like, you just, you know, what, 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 yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I just don't even bother. But to me, it was like, wow, you know, and I've only just taken this job. So I'm thinking, yep, yeah, I'm in the right place. How yeah, do you spell awesome. that? S-O-R-E-N-T-O. Uh, yeah, well done. S, okay. Yeah, we got Sorrentos here. Yeah. Uh, Kia? Yeah. 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 But it's just weird, you know, within that 12 hour period to hear that word three times and it's not a word that I'd ever use. I didn't even know it was a place, to be honest, and that's yeah. a bit ignorant. Yeah. Yeah. Man, yeah. <laughs> so I'm still trying to find the significance of it. I think there's got to be something there. Yeah. Yeah, those things. I, I used to write them down a little bit. I kind of still do to sort of keep notes because they just they happen. Uh, yeah, fairly frequently things like that. Yeah. I've got another amazing one, but I'd rather tell you guys in person. Yeah, that's good. That's... <laughs> I'd rather go there. I think here's kind of boring. Oh, this <laughs> is definitely an interesting place. I just found an Italian. Restaurant Sorrento's Italian Gourmet, <laughs> Marlboro, Massachusetts, I think. <laughs> Marlboro Mall? There's a Marlboro Mall here. Yeah, Boston and Marlboro. Hmm. And, since, and since Jared is a chef, something we, we haven't mentioned yet. Oh, yes. Is that connection? You found a restaurant? 
two restaurants. Yeah. Yeah. Well, a, a chain of restaurants. Yeah. So the other one that's a bit weird for me, anyway, sort of, is the whole walking past the street lamp and they they turn off. I'm, oh, wow. I'm still not sold on that one completely, but you know, I I get it every now and then, um, and it seems to be. I remember it every now and then. I remember, wow, you know, it's weird how I do this, and then if I forget about it. Within the next five minutes, it'll happen somewhere. Whether I'm driving home or walking home or whatever, a lamp will go off just as I walk past it. It's mm-hmm. almost as if you know my conscious mind has taken it, digested it, put it in the subconscious, and then for some reason it happens, and then I remember that that's what I was thinking. Oh, that's interesting. And it's weird. You know, it's been brought up. The guys on on EMU have talked about it before. Yeah, I've quite a bit. Sort yeah. of looked into it. You know, it's it's a weird one. Could be a glitch in the matrix. Yeah. <clears throat> or you could be just radiating out some sort of uh electromagnetic energy or something. Something weird. I wonder what I wonder what I wonder what you were actually thinking or feeling at the time when that happens. Well, I I'm not yeah, I'm not I'm normally completely relaxed when it happens because I've forgotten about the fact that it happens. It only happens if I think about it first and then forget. And yeah, yeah. Five minutes later, it'll happen, and I'll go, "Oh shit! I just thought about that," which huh. is weird. Yeah, that is weird. So let me ask you something: Have you noticed if you manage to have some effect on other type of uh, electronical electrical electrical equipment? Yeah, yeah. Um, back when you used to have a CD player with five discs on a turntable. Okay. I used to have one of those in my room when I was in the army, and um, I remember I'd always have music on and have it on sleep, and I'd have five different discs in there, and I remember I could think of a song, and you know leave it on shuffle. I'd think of a song, and it would go around, and it would actually play that one next. So that's a trippy one because I'm heading to sleep, so it could be my mind is just replaying something that's already happened, or I'm consciously doing it beforehand. But I remember how strong that was. Hmm. I wonder, like, Russell Targ would probably say that you're actually picking that up from the future. Instead of you actually creating it, you're actually recreating yeah. the future. Yeah, it's like that. Um, what they do, they played a whole lot of images and the body responded before they flashed up, like the, yeah, the rough yeah, ones. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. Mm-hmm. You're Anticipation. Just, you're just so relaxed, you're in tune, and whatever whatever song is playing next is coming to your mind. Like, you're just basically cutting through space and time at that point. Yeah. Either way, it's pretty trippy. Yeah, totally. <laughs> so uh, you seem to be having a positive effect on RPJ's Skype connection tonight, so that's a good sign. Yeah, yeah definitely. We should, keep... <laughs> <laughs> we should have you more often. <laughs> I'll just come in here and end Well, and, uh... guys, Darren, what do you think? Sounds good. Okay. Hopefully he's, uh, he's still there. What, yeah, you can't I'm... hear me? <laughs> now we can yeah. yeah, we can. Yeah. Oh, what's the problem? <laughs> <laughs> what's the name of that uh, giant eagle that used to exist in New Zealand? And some people say that. Claim to have seen it in all recent times. Oh, um, I'm thinking you rock, know- but that's... That's uh, not a condor. No, that's California, uh, maybe. Rock, 
That's funny. No, 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 Rocket, no, 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 no. Rock is oh, from a fantasy episode. series yeah. or something, I think. Yeah. Um, no. This is an, uh, an, that the an same, same that one that picked up Gandalf from the... That was inspired by this. This is about a real animal here. That's the um, Haast Eagle. Uh, yeah, I just Haast. Googled it. H-A-A-S-T-S. Haast Eagle, right. Extinct. Extinct. Yeah. Do you um, think it could... See, Graham, you had to open up your mouth. Some remote right. location. I know, sorry, buddy. Well, yeah. I mean, I haven't heard anything about that yet. I do know that they're looking for... Um, there's a hunt going on for a giant moose <laughs> down in the South Island that they reckon are running around. Um, mm. But I have seen one of these. Um, they've got one at a, a national museum, and they're massive. Like, ma yeah, really big. Moose? Yeah, um, no, 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 the house uh, eagle you're talking, right? Yeah, yeah I'm talking about the eagle now. Yeah. This thing is fucking huge. It, it could have easily, I don't know, picked up a little human kid yeah. and take flight with it. Are, are you thinking that those are alive in somewhere else in the world and they're responsible for the Thunderbird sightings or something, Red? I don't know, but uh, if you want to talk about uh, real animals that could be compared to the actual Thunderbird, I think the, this New Zealand, uh, this Kiwi, Eagle is as, is as close as you can get. Yeah, yeah. Um, so thanks for calling in, uh, guys. Is there anything else you guys wanted to fire off before we before we let you go? No, uh, nothing really. No. no, looking forward for our next uh, regular discussion. Me too. Yeah, we'll have to schedule that in real soon. And uh, Jared, it's great to talk to you, and thanks for listening, of course. Oh, thank you. Finally, great yeah, to be been, on me. Yeah, yeah, it's been great, Jared. Yeah, thanks a lot. Excellent. Mm -hmm. Thanks. Up next, we got uh, Jagger Benham joining us. In Grimerica. How's it going, Jagger? Good, guys. How are you guys doing? Good. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Jagger is uh, the one who provided us with the song. It's his band song, uh, Lock and Key, that you hear every week in our in our opener. And I think That's actually like, you, yeah. Jagger says Grimerica, too. He's the guy who goes, Grimerica. Oh, is that you, too? Yeah, that that is my voice, yeah. Oh, cool. I think so. Yeah, That's thanks great. for the yeah. music. Yeah, no problem.
Um, yeah, that song is called 10 G's. And, um, and, uh, actually that band broke up, but, uh, <laughs> I appreciate hearing the song, uh, whenever I sort of queue up your podcast here, it's, uh, it's, uh, an honor. Actually, you know, the guests have only heard, ever heard the intro of that. You know what I'll do at the end of this episode? I'll play that song in its entirety. Yeah, that's oh, a good yeah. idea. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, cool. It's an instrumental, so it's, uh, you know. I'll sing. Uh, yeah. Okay, great. Um, so how have you liked, uh, have you listened to much episodes? Yeah, you're pretty into this shit, too. Actually, Jagger, uh, Jagger was almost the third American for a while, but um, he was pretty busy playing in a couple different bands at the time, and I think one of your bands is actually pretty getting pretty big now. Uh, yeah, we're we're um, well. Certainly, I'm now that the one band is done. I've been putting more focus into this other band and uh, called High School Sweetheart, and uh, features uh, uh, two very talented singer songwriter writing girls um, playing up front. Um, and yeah, doing quite well within the uh, city of London at the moment. And, uh, yeah, so I was, uh, putting a lot of energy into that, but yes, I was almost the third Grand American, but, uh, my passport got, uh, <laughs> I think I still revoked my passport. When are you guys going to come on a Western tour so you can make, you can pop in the studio? Oh, it could, could happen maybe next year. It's, a, it's a, certainly a possibility. Uh, would love to do a tour, go up to Calgary. It'd be, uh, it'd be really fun. So do you have any suggestions for us then or any feedback? Oh, I think it's, uh, <laughs> I think it's very funny and the topics are always, uh, extremely interesting and, um, and the interviews are always funny. Uh, I like reading the comments on your uh, Facebook page. Um, who's your favorite it, guest? Uh, you know what? I liked, uh, I'm just looking back at my list here because I listened to the last two and that was, uh, Richard Searitt. That was from August 30th. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that was good. Yeah. I listened to those last two. So those were good. He's the host um, of the conspiracy show podcast. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That was really interesting. And I actually, uh, I like the last one too, Frank Joseph. I'm, I, I need to uh, I need to catch up, as it were, and I'm unfortunately catching up in reverse. So I'm going from newest to oldest. Yeah, that's that's the best way to do it, anyways. Yeah, yeah. I almost I almost did it, and and just to see sort of your your progress, because uh, I certainly recall uh, doing a number of test runs and uh, they were coming uh, out real great. Well. Yeah, you know, you're just starting out getting your, your, you know, testing out the waters as far as learning how to, like, have the conversation that other people might want to listen to. Yeah, so you're, you're uh, the way you're listening to it, you're going to listen to it devolve then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. So what's your favorite subject in the, in the uh, fringe? Uh, my favorite subject is... Um, I've been reading, well, there's been a few things that, that have come up with respect to uh, uh, life starting on Mars. I don't know the, the exact term for that, but there's been a couple of, like... Panspermia. Yeah. I read some, almost some mainstream articles in, 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 in sort of mainstream media. Uh, specifically, I, I remember reading an article in the National Post uh, that, that discusses that, or there was some sort, there was a 
some scientists who published a paper uh, on that specific subject, and uh, I've been sort of reading up on that lately, and that's always been something that's interested me. Yeah, I think it was a geologist is the latest branch of science to say that he thinks it's it's quite quite not just possible, but it's actually I I don't know what the percentage is, but it's a decent percentage of a chance. Yeah. Like, it's less than it's more than one anyway. Like mm -hmm. it's not like point zero zero or some shit. I I yeah. can't say for sure. Yeah, and there's been a number. You know how how Mars, you know potentially could have been a once upon a time an Earth-like planet um, that might have been, uh, you know, subject to uh, a number of, like, I guess, maybe meteor hits or whatever that would have transported water from Mars to Earth and as such, you know, started life on Earth, right? Um, so, yeah, that's been my, uh, that's what I've been most interested in as of late. I don't know about that one. I kind of find that uh, weird that uh, Earth would be evolving so much f farther behind than some of the other planets in our solar system. Mars is smaller, so it would have started. Well, the yeah, Earth, was, yeah. Earth would have still been forming, and Mars would have been already on the go. Yeah. Maybe a billion years makes a big difference. So Venus was already like past there too then? Or just that's too hot or whatever? I think Venus was always too hot. Yeah. Yeah, it's too close to the sun. Mars is, I guess, one one step farther away. So we should have a guy on that talks about all the new planets they found. They're finding some different color planets out there, and some more in the Goldilocks zone. Well, they talked about uh, that satellite that's going to the moon to analyze the dust particles. I bet you Mesker's involved in that. Well, yeah, he's a big dust guy. That's yeah. Right. So what else would you want to hear on the show, Jagger? Yeah, um, should interview. I, I, I checked into Robert Stack, and he is actually dead. So, oh, damn! That was my suggestion back in our test test well, run day. Well, why don't we just why don't we have a medium on, and we'll, and we'll talk to him that way. Hey, Ooh. yeah, let's do that, Darren. I don't know about that. Why? Do you, why not? That seems fucked up. He died like ten years ago, actually. Would that make it more difficult? Maybe <laughs> for a medium. No, uh, no, not the, not, no. We could track down his kid, Charles Robert Stack. No, is that creepy? I don't think it matters how long yeah. ago you died for a medium. It's still uh, just as easy. Okay. Okay, I don't know. Well, just for the sake, though, let's just pick someone who's alive. Uh, I don't know who else we could get. You guys, you, I'm just looking actually through your list of the people that you've actually spoken with already. It's already quite impressive. Like, and a few of the names I don't know. We're talking to uh, Kevin Booth next week, and actually this episode will be on Antonio Paris. He's the aerial phenomena guy. Hmm. Hey, hey, did you hear, so you heard the last episode, you heard Graham's Mars One uh, crew? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was, that was interesting, and I, I enjoyed your sort of comparison of uh, uh, his video to the, to the other videos. Now, I haven't actually seen the site. Was there some sort of like a ranking system as far as what I hope, videos were looking no, I hope uh, not. <laughs> no, I never put it to a vote. Okay. But it almost seemed like you were, you seemed overly impressed with the editing skills of the uh, of the videos. And it's, you know, it's not as if like being a good editor is going to save your ass up in Mars when there's an oxygen leak of some sort or some other sort of space problem that's not going to require good editing 
Well, then he can wrap his way into oblivion. <laughs> yeah, I mean, does it really? Do, I mean, you know, certainly got to be well spoken. But uh, I actually, I like your uh, submission, Graham. I thought it was, I thought it was good because you actually touched on a few. You were, you know, you're like, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm physically uh, well, I'm spiritually well. You know, I, you know, there's a couple. Uh, you know, you're interested in the subject. You obviously have. You know, knowledge of you know, some like, stuff. Yeah, some stuff. So you know, I thought it was, I thought it was done well. Yeah, and, I was going to uh, expand on that a little bit, but the uh, my uh, video photographer cut me off. Who that there? Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was only supposed to be thirty seconds. <laughs> uh, I guess it was just supposed to be. Seconds. It was just supposed to be at least 30 seconds. No, 30 to 70 or something. It was a pretty limited time frame. So. No, it was, it was well done. I, uh, I enjoyed it. I don't know about those other videos, though. I don't, uh, I don't know. I, I can't see. I hope it's not a popularity contest like that. I hope some educated folks are actually actively uh, looking for somebody who with some substance. Oh, yeah, I, I think so. I think it goes to a vote, public vote. The public decides. You no. Yeah. No, I don't think so. That'd be fucking crazy. Yeah. <laughs> We'd be dead in three weeks. <laughs> They'll probably be dead in three weeks anyway. Probably, they'll probably die in training. <laughs> Go through a whole bunch of guys in training. Yeah. You know, they do that. Oh, yeah. All that space training, like the... the Zero G stuff. Yeah, um, the, the zero G stuff. Gonna end up. Uh, someone's gonna have an aneurysm. So, what are you guys' thoughts on? Uh, was it was it Voyager one that uh, has entered uh, interstellar space? No, oh, yeah, it, right. It, it entered interstellar space like a year ago, I think. But now it's officially because there's like an overlap between interstellar space and the solar system for some reason. Okay. And now it's officially out of the solar. system. What do you guys have thoughts on that? Good riddance. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I think it's great. I don't know. Maybe it'll, maybe it'll attract some uh, people back this way. I don't know. 12 billion miles from the sun. Yeah, it's carrying, like, music of the time, like disco. and. Uh, Is it? Yeah, I thought it was, I thought it was carrying some information to sort of uh, uh, identify itself. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, Probably sitting in a fucking aircraft hangar in fucking Utah. <laughs> yeah, really. How do we know any better? We're just we're just being told, right? Um, it was launched 36 years and nine days ago, as of the 14th. I was just reading the Wikipedia article here on it. 36 years. The farthest man-made object object from Earth. <laughs> guys well we have today joining us in Grimerica Efrain Palermo our first guest ever yeah and uh, Jagger stuck around too because actually in our just in the last interview you heard Jagger had some interest in Mars so 
Ephraim's the perfect man to talk to. He's looked at uh, every single acre, I think, almost. <laughs> every acre that had a black stain. That's right. true. So, Jagger, you can ask your, uh, you, you can tell Ephraim about your interest in Mars. Yes, you have. Um, well, I was commenting there uh, that I had seen, seen a number, I guess, mainstream articles, well, I guess articles in mainstream press regarding uh, uh, life originating on Mars. I think that I, it might have been about a month ago or so I read it in the National Post here. Right. And um, and I certainly, uh, I mean, uh, to, to see that sort of thing and getting some sort of attention outside of the, the, the normal channels where you normally find it, I found that to be interesting. Yeah, yeah, I tell you, life on Mars is kind of like a, I don't know what the word, you know, like you have hydrophobia, you know, this mm -hmm. scientists and NASA have life phobia, I don't know what you would call it. But they just, for, for years, they just swore no life can live any place else except Earth, right? Mm -hmm. So I even like they had this one, a Viking mission that went up to Mars, they were testing for life forms and, and they might have found something, but it wasn't quite exact, and so they just like buried it, you know? But so I think what's changing is that the attitude of NASA and some of these scientists are being more relaxed. And I mean, what it is really is the evidence is, is it's like overtaking, you know, it's covering the, the false ideas about it. You know, they, it, scientists just want to make sure everybody's doing it on the same page before they come out of the closet, you know. Mm -hmm. so, so like for you, you might say, wow, this just happened, you know, it sounds like it happened recently. But really, it's been around for a long time. Mm -hmm. And it's just now kind of coming out into the public domain. Mm -hmm. So, so which is good. You know, some people think that this closure, you know, might come soon because NASA is being more linear. They're coming out with more ideas about life on different planets, you know, and then also finding all, this, all these planets. And, and pretty soon they're going to start saying, well, this that's life on Mars. There might be life on some of these new planets to find these exoplanets. Mm -hmm. So it's actually a very big thing. Yeah. We had a NASA scientist say uh, he's seen a UFO, didn't we? Yeah. Yeah, that's right. I remember that. I thought that was cool. So, yeah, was, um, what's yeah. new? Uh, what's new with you, Efrain? Um, you're—I know you were talking about bringing back the Mars Anomalies podcast before. Uh, for people that don't remember, that's—I uh, think it was three episodes on on Efrain's work on Mars. But um, I, I do remember you were talking about reviving that. Has has that come along in any any form, shape, or? Yeah, yeah, because actually I found someone that was going to uh, interview a friend of mine, actually, and uh, he's, he was a Mars anomaly hunter like I was, and he did a bunch of stuff on low, Percival Lowell, you know how he drew the canals on Mars initially? And then I said, he's trying to make connections with that and some other stuff, and so I was going to interview him, and then, uh, yeah, so that's that's coming up soon. I already got him. He's my, my first uh, person to interview, so I'm trying to catch up to you guys. Good luck. <laughs> I think this is number 20. Holy really? Shit. Yeah, 19 or 20. That's amazing. You guys are cooking. Yeah, it's been pretty good. Yeah, actually, since I last talked to you guys, because uh, I'm still working, finishing up my novel. I'm working on that science fiction novel, uh, Alien Cartel. Uh, keep your eyes out for it in your nearest bookstore and Amazon, hopefully, right? Yeah, good. But, uh, yeah, so, you know, I've been doing a lot of editing on it and just some tweaking and I mean, it's a point I have to let it go, you know, because like I'm holding on to it, but it's ready. So it should be out there pretty soon. You'll have to send a copy over here to the Igloo. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. You guys get mail over there, like snow sleds and shit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The dogs are bringing it in. <laughs> the dogs. 
Yeah. We got our we got our sled dog Tyson. Yeah, and then uh, so so been doing that, and also I mentioned that uh, this thing about my idea for a space program. You know, this is a public space program, and I my name for it is the Interplanetary Space Program for Humanity. And I just came up with this kind of along the line when I was doing my my Mars research, and I was getting like like snubbed all over the place, and and I was saying there's a lot of people like us, lay people, that actually you know pretty smart, can figure shit out, and can work on. You know, you don't have to be a scientist to do certain things, right? So basically, it's like my idea was just like take it out of that domain of either the scientist domain or just the governmental domain and bring it into the public domain. And so what it would be, it would be kind of like a massive crowdsourcing. If you could imagine like billions of people, each one participating, adding, you know, their part of the chip of the brain, you know, of the, of the whole system, that you can actually uh, create new, newer technology to get into space. You know, so that's kind of my, so that's kind of in the back burner there, you know, so I'm still working on that. Yeah, I think they just uh, kick-started a telescope, actually, too. Oh, yeah, that's right. And people can, can uh, join in and sign, and people can have control of it or something, right? It's the public can, yeah. Yeah, I think, like, uh, yeah, it's the ARCID. I think anyone who pledged gets, if you pledge $10, you just get gratitude. $25, you get to... Uh, Basically, more gratitude. <laughs> Double gratitude. <laughs> that's, that's right. Um, yeah. There we go. Yeah. Like, uh, how, much, how much was your Mars One thing? Like for, 40, bucks? 40 bucks. There we go. A buck more, you can go to 40 Mars. 40 bucks gone. A buck more, you can go to Mars. So if you pledge, let's see what happens. If you, if you pledge 10 grand, you're a grand benefactor and education ambassador. Shit. And uh, you don't get much there either. Well, I guess you get you get HD space selfie prioritized to be one of the first we take, and two tickets to join planetary resource founders and investors at two major events. Yada yada. And but yeah, I yeah. think what the deal is, you get to like it's. I don't know if it's a live feed and anyone can log in, or and it looks like you can have your picture in space. So it's going to put your picture on the screen and then take a picture of it over the world. Oh, I see. Well, that's worth 10 grand. <laughs> so actually, What's you know what? That's what the selfie is. Was that the $39 one? Or? No. So if you put 10 bucks, you get, you get gratitude. Yeah. If, well, see, so that, for 25 yeah. bucks, you get a selfie. You get one selfie. Yeah, yeah, upload we'll any picture and they'll <laughs> and they'll take the picture with Earth as the backdrop. They actually use the term selfie. Yeah, it says space selfie. Oh my goodness, that's almost worth it for twenty five bucks. But I mean, it it's probably gonna look the same as Photoshop. Can it be? Can it be a, an X rated photo? Oh jeez, like pissing on the Earth or something? Why would it want? To, why would you want it to be an X rated photo? To be funny, yeah, funny man. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. You know, <laughs> shitting all over the earth or something. Yeah. Oh God! <laughs> what do, do you want to see pictures of strangers? I'd rather see tits. Angry cat. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so, what else you going got going on, Ephraim? Well, you know, like we talked briefly about this before, because I'm working on this another. I call it paper, but it's not technically uh, something that. It's going to be peer reviewed by any by any means, but I'm working in this paper. Uh, 
refuting the age of the universe. You know, so instead of being, you know, 13.5 or 9, almost 14 billion, um, it's actually, from my calculation, the way I'm working it out, in a trillions of years. So in other words, it's like the, the universe is many, many times older than what they're saying it is. And the way I, I got to that point was just through basic observation, you know, and just kind of thinking about stuff without being blinded by science. And what I mean by that is that, you know, if you go to school, you do all your tasks, you, you study, you know, study kind of sciences, what, you, what you're doing is you're getting your mind programmed to think a certain way. You know, unless you can actually test what you're reading, you take yourself on faith. So it's, you know, religion, you know, they always say science can be like a religion, you know, and that's kind of why it is. Because some of it's practical, you can use, but some of it, a lot of it is theory. And what you don't learn about in a school textbook, there's no caption that says, the following you're about to read is all theory. Yeah, and it's, and it's theory based on a current paradigm. Right, exactly. But you're not told that, so you actually are taking it as fact. Right? Mm. So, so what I did is I kind of looking at the universe and some of this with, with the speed of light and, and the Big Bang Theory and how this all happened, looking at it from a, like an unprejudiced, kind of outside-the-box viewpoint. And as I said, you know, something just doesn't make sense. And, uh, and actually, uh, what's his name? Tyson, the one uh, astronomer that goes around. Uh, Neil deGrasse, yeah. Yeah, deGrasse, right. Right, that's Tyson's first name. Anyway, deGrasse is actually in Portland uh, doing a, a, a talk here. And I didn't, I didn't go to it, but I listened to a recording of it. And at the end, he said, if you had any question that you can ask an audience about space and the universe, what would you ask? And people raised their hands and shit. And I was thinking that question, well, what would I ask? It's like, like, if you had a chance to ask God a question, what would you ask kind of shit, right? So here's this, like, eminent astronomer, right? He's no holds barred. Any questions? I was thinking, well, something always bugged me about the speed of light and the age of the universe and how old it is. And what, what it was, I could not phrase the question. Like, I was thinking, if I would have been in an audience, I would have gone, uh, uh. But so I had to think about it. And in thinking about how to phrase my question, I came up with this theory about the actual, what I think is the actual age of the universe. So anyway, so I'm actually working. That's a paper I'm working on. It's been kind of shelved for a while. Uh, because my brain can only take so much shit, you know. So it's, okay, got to leave that cosmology alone for a little bit. Yeah. And, you know, I'm just working my bug. Come back to it with a fresh perspective. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But actually, I, don't like, I would like to put this out to any listeners you have that are cosmologists or well-trained astronomers, but that also have an open mind. Uh, if they're willing to look at my paper, I'm, I'm totally good. I would like, I, what I need to have is someone who was in the box and then went outside the box. See, I'm totally outside the box. So I could be totally screwed up, right? And uh, so if I get someone that's in the box that went out of the box and can look at my side of it and then he could say, yeah, it should make sense, then I think I'm on the path. Not that I need to have that, but to me, um, when I'm, I'm not just doing this in my head. I'm trying to actually bring this out into the public. So, mm -hmm. so if anyone out there is a cosmologist kind of guy that's kind of thinking outside the box, uh, you know, you can find my email to you guys or, or whatever. So, yeah, we'll, we'll link to your website in the show notes. Yeah. Yeah. So, so other than that, uh, here's another thing, cause I was doing this podcast uh, coming up and I was going to introduce, reintroduce my research into water ice spikes. What's an ice spike? Well, it, I mean, so my, uh, what it is is an, an actual spike of ice that comes out of the ice tray in the freezer. And if you haven't seen it, if you haven't seen one, it's really hard to describe it because really what it is, it's just like a big ass, like a needle. It could be really thin and some of them, I, I've had some come out like two inches. 
It's yeah. very thick. And it's, it's straight out of the ice cube. I've seen a couple in my in my freezer, but they're like tiny ones. Yeah, yeah. So I have this, you know, so let me find these giant ones. And, and the way this came about, this is like, you know, seven, eight years ago. Um, I saw an ice spike in the fridge and I said, you know, I never seen it. It's kind of odd. You know, it's kind of hit me. And then, so I was telling my girlfriend at the time, I said, you know, I just saw this ice spike and I've seen it before, but don't you think it's kind of a shoulder turtle? You think it's kind of weird? So anyway, so I think that sometime after that, she, she found one. She's never seen one before. So I said, well, that's weird. Why, you know, that's, it's more than coincidence, you know, but that's only one person. So anyway, we became very interested in ice spikes and we did all kinds of experimentation. We used like different water, like we used tap water, distilled water, fucking boil water, different brands of bottled water, you know, just to see if, if it's that quality of water that creates an ice spike. And it was totally random, like the ice spike would occur no matter what you were using. Uh, so then uh, we use hot water, we make the water hot before we put it in the freezer. You know, so anyway, we, we eliminated basically any physical uh, standard about that. In other words, it's totally random how mm -hmm. ice spikes occur. Hmm. But they would occur, more, they would occur after we thought about it. If we thought about, like we feel like an ashtray, if it's ice spike, ice spike, ice spike, an ice spike would occur. Wow. If we didn't do that, no ice spikes would occur. So would you say it out loud or just, just uh, intentionally think it? Uh, we, uh, try both. You know, I mean, it, it's a mental process that thing activates it. So you can verbalize it to help it or you can just, just do it. But, but here's the thing. So it's like sometime later, I was talking to somebody else totally unrelated to this about ice spikes. And they'd never seen one, never heard one. And, and they found one in the freezer like that next week. So just by talking about it, and I, and I asked him, I said, look, dude, would you know, I mean, I, if you saw a spike like that in your life, would you know you saw one? You know what I'm saying? He said, yeah, because it's so unusual. He said, this is definitely the first time I've seen one. So anyway, I did this with about 12 different people. I said, you ever seen an ice spike or high? No, no. Okay, just think about it. And say, at some point in time, you're going to find one in your freezer. And lo and behold, you know, they would do it. So during this time, I was, I was seeing, uh, I watched that movie, What the Bleed Do You Know? Yeah. I guess I'm familiar with it. And actually, uh, and that was filmed in Portland. I love that show. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's totally like theaters, the Baghdad theaters here, local theater. That I've been to it a few times. But so anyway, there was a... Uh, there's, there's, there's three DVDs of that, eh? Um, yeah, they, they yeah. went on with different, different segments. Yeah, yeah. But DVDs they had their segment there, but... What the Bleed Do You Know? Yeah, go ahead. I've never seen one. Yeah, just one section. Yeah, but they have different segments. But if you remember that one with the water with the ice crystals. Yeah, Marasudo Emoto, I think right. his name Marisudo is. Yeah, Emoto, yeah I've right. seen that. Right. So, I was th so during this time, I'm doing the, working the stuff with the ice spikes. I saw what the bleep do you know? And I was thinking, well, shit, the mind affects water in some way. I mean, he proved it. I mean, Consciousness. Scientists yeah. proved it, right? Yeah. So, so my thing is, well, my... Maybe it's a mental process of something that's creating ice spine formation. So, and I think it does. So actually today I put up a website on this whole theory. It's, it's been, it's been in, in the shelf, it's been shelved like eight years. But, uh, and actually because I want to thank you guys because you guys revitalized my podcast. That was fucking collecting dust and who knows what internet hell it was in, right? But, uh, but then also, let me think about doing the next podcast, and then I also revitalize this thing about ice spikes. Mm. So, 
anyway, so I do want to thank you for getting this this thing going. You're very welcome. Yeah, it worked yeah. out worked out yeah. great for uh, for everyone involved. So, yeah. so with these ice, did it have anything to do with, uh, or did how full the ice tray was with water affect uh, the way they were formed at all? Yeah, you know, it doesn't. I mean, it, it doesn't? we try to you know do yeah. everything. Yeah. We've, yeah, different levels. And, it, and it's not coming from like dripping from the uh, the ceiling oh, no, of the freezer? No. Like, no. no. Yeah, no. definitely something that's coming out of the ice. Now, here's another thing. Here's my theory is that the process that makes this happen is a very tiny, very sub, almost molecular level process. And water is amenable to life. I mean, we, we have water in our bodies. You know, we, we, we and this like uh, Masudo showed, you know, thought patterns is very closely related, can affect water. So I'm thinking it's because that process that creates a spike is such a random, kind of like a weird, it has to, things have to be just totally just right to create a nice spike. But what can make that happen is a mental thought or some kind of mental wavelengths. Um, I don't know what that is, and this is my scientific game that I'm playing right now to try and figure that out. So on my website, I have a thing, I put a, I made a whole email address, this whole thing, if people wanna, participate, all they have to do is read it, and then you sell ice trays. And, and then they have a thing that can email me what they find. And what I'm going to do is actually tabulate online on the website. You know, so they, and the idea eventually is that what this is showing is that mind is, has control over matter, even however minuscule it is. And it almost seems like magic, but this is kind of what this is showing. Anyway, that's my two cents worth of well, that's I'm going to give it a try. <laughs> there you go. Pretty interesting. I actually just found a paper here about it by uh, Samuel Letterer under the direction of Dr. Kenneth Libricht, Libricht mm. at the California Institute of Technology. And they, they're, they're trying to recreate them, ice spikes, in, in various household refrigerators and freezers using largely distilled water. But I'm actually just reading the paper here. It looks pretty interesting. But you're not, how, how weird is that? When, when did that come out? Must, like recently? Um, January 2013. Wow. You know, that's weird because I have not even heard or even known anybody else is doing this. I mean, this is something I started eight years ago and I'm just now, you know, revitalizing it. Oh, wow. And so that's, you see, so there's some kind of interest coming along with that. See, but, but they're, not, they're not correlating the mental aspect. No. No, right. they're, see, they're see. just trying to recreate it. Uh, yeah, naturally. To, and you can't. Yeah. See, I already tried that. I tried that. Yeah. I guess all different kinds of water, different temperatures, blah, 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 different positions. We'll move the tray one angle or the other. Right. You know, one, right. tray be, one, one ice tray be in the lower level of the freezer, one be in the upper level. You know? Yeah. I don't have an ice tray. Can I just put a cup of ice in there? <laughs> You're going to have to get one, man. Cup of ice? Yeah. Does it work in a glass? Or, yeah, in a plastic no, cup? I think, I, I think it has to be. The reason I think it works in an ice cube is because... When water freezes, you know, it expands. And water freezes, in that case, an ice cube from the top down. So, so you have a confined space. I think when water's kind of squeezing out a little bit, it's kind of like, like a pimple, right? It squeezes out the water to a, an opening on the surface that allows it to kind of squeeze it out a little bit. But whatever that surface tension is that breaks through, that is like, like a portal, like a portal. You know, something like, like a fucking warp drive you can open. But it, it just takes that one little tiny opening, and then you have this huge spike coming out of it. So physically, I mean, that's the mechanics of it. Yeah, because ice, it'll uh, expand by, it's a, well, I'm just reading the article here, 9%. So mm -hmm. when water freezes into ice, it expands by about 9%. There you go. Which is um, why it slows, you know. Yeah. Just... 
Yeah, very interesting. Yeah, but 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 the thing is, his, his why don't you see ice spikes in every tray all the time? Mm -hmm. Every time, yeah. It's the same. yeah. So yeah. what's this random thing? It's actually 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 very rare occurrence if you think about it. If you think mm -hmm. of anyone that's listening, you guys think of how many times you fucking fell ice and took ice, you know, fell ice train and took ice out. You know how many times in life, how many people have done that, and you and you don't see these ice spikes. It's a very rare occurrence. But so, if your so if your theory is right, most of the people who listen to this episode will probably see an ice spike in the next little while. That's, that's totally right. Now, now here's, here's the thing about this experiment. I kind of put this on my website. If you are reading this, you're already part of the experiment. If you are hearing this, you're already part of the experiment. So if something does occur, write into America, you know, and if we get enough of a big feedback, you know, it might be something to talk about in the future. You know, what does that mean then if, if, if your show affects people's mind in a distance by giving them a thought. You see, all you're doing is giving them a thought. It's like a thing of a white elephant. You know, don't, don't think, think of, of a white, white elephant. elephant. Don't think of it. You know I'm saying you give them that, you force them to start of them. So just by us talking about this and people thinking, well, shit, would that happen? Right away, they're part of this experiment. It reminds me of uh, Lynn McTaggart. Actually, I want to try and have her on here. That'd be fascinating. She wrote the book, The Field and the Intention Experiment. And she's oh. got a website and she does all kinds of these types of uh, pretty much this type of experiment on her website. Check it out. The Intention wow. Experiment. That's going to, hey, Jagger, you got to send me the article, dude. That's awesome. Yeah. Absolutely. That's totally right. You know, when you said I got goosebumps, that's totally what I'm fucking doing. Yeah. You know, so that's, I mean, that's very timely. These guys, guys just have this jacket do on more often, man. Yeah. <laughs> Shit. Yeah, Jagger was, almost, on the ball, man. Jagger was almost the third Grammarican. Yeah. He's a Grammarican, right? Kind of on the side. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. All right. My cool. passport got revoked. They're both <laughs> oh, revoked <shit>. briefly. <laughs> you got to seek asylum, man. <laughs> yeah. They might let me back in as a refugee here. <laughs> So, you might uh, have to do some things, though, okay? Yeah, I, I won't say that. I won't be just between. Yeah. More music. You know we need more music. <laughs> yeah, we need more music. <laughs> well, I'm going to have to get an ice tray now. Do you have an ice tray, Jagger? Yeah, I do, yeah. Yeah. So think ice spike. <laughs> so I thought of, yeah. by the way. Yeah. I'm, checking tomorrow, I'm checking tomorrow morning. Yeah. Any of our listeners? Well, no, no. You can't just, it, it can't be frozen and then you have to redo your ice tray, oh, yeah, right? Don't you? Really? you have yeah. to redo it. It's, it's like when you fill it, you take, empty all the ice out, you know, fixing your drinks or whatever, and then you fill it with water. That's when you do it. Yeah, it's not going to happen if it's already frozen, right? No, 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 no. Okay. It's a process of, of freezing. Okay. And also, it, it may happen like a week or two weeks, or even a month. The longest I've seen it was three months. But prior to that, that person had never seen his entire life, whether he was 30 some years, right? But uh, in three months, I have to just think about it. He said, this shit ain't working, man. I don't see nothing. I don't see nothing. He was like, give me shit, you know? And he went, he said, hey, guess what? I found an ice spike, big, huge fucking. After three months? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, and I had another person that did it, and within a week, it happened. You know, so it's very, it's very variable. And has it happened any sooner than that? Like, would it happen? Because uh, your ice freezes next, pretty happened, quick, right? It happened the next day. And, and yeah. with me, it's happened the next day. Right. You know, only because I'm keeping track of this. I, I do it. I mean, statistically, I've, I've got more because I'm more aware of it, I guess. But yeah, but you're, you're thinking about it a lot. You're lying in yeah. bed at night thinking about ice spikes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, now, here's the thing. Just to get a little bit esoteric, all right? You know, because I think about kind. Of, you can tell I think about crazy shit, right? But here's what I was thinking. 
whatever it is that's creating that little opening and ice thing, it must be a certain type of wavelength of thought or a certain thought or something because, and, and it's, it's something that's like very minuscule, it's very tiny wavelength or whatever it is, but it's there all the time, but you don't see it because it's masked or it's kind of too low, too far below your awareness level. But so what I'm trying to do is this experiment is trying to get people to, to think about what were they thinking and what were they doing and what was their frame of mind when they filled the ice tray. And somehow to all the, you know, we get enough data, kind of like pick out the little things that might, in other words, well, eventually, if this can happen once and you can control it, you can create it anytime you want it to happen. And if you can do that, that means that you actually have controlled and isolated an exact wavelength of thought and maybe created an effect. It could be coming from your heart, though. Yeah. Also, yeah, because if you ever heard about these heart math guys and like the Global Coherence Initiative, and they, you know, measure the electromagnetic frequencies coming from your heart, and when you're thinking thoughts of love and compassion and kindness, like it increases your whole field, right? There's actual like measurable field coming from your heart, and apparently it's more like you have more of this in your heart than you do in your in your head. Wow. I, it's interesting. So can it work the other way around? Like the heart affects the mind or the mind? The mind of maybe the, yeah, maybe it's uh, like goes both ways. I thought it yeah. was more along the lines that like every part of the, every organ held, held a little bit of you. Yeah. Like mm -hmm. the atoms that make you up are you somehow. Hmm. Because, you yeah. know, you hear like people getting someone's kidney or someone's lung or oh, someone's gosh. whatever. Yeah. And then they start to take on their traits and maybe have their memories. Mm -hmm. Speak a different language. Yeah, well, you guys are going to like my science fiction book. Just let it you know. I'm not going to say much more than that. But kind of hit some of that stuff that we're talking about. So Nice. Yeah, I can't wait. <laughs> I know. Build it up. No, that's cool. You know, it's like also people have, you know, like auras, you know, like the curly in thing that you can image, curly image. You can see and actually see electromagnetic field around the whole body that can change colors and change character and you know, and that's and, and all that is is really some some form some wavelength. Yeah. No, so your, your aura. So, yeah, your aura is some kind of something that you can measure, you can see, and uh, so I'm trying to say what, what part of that wavelength can possibly be affecting water. Now I bet you, hey Jagger, those guys, mm -hmm. those guys do an experiment. Mm -hmm. I bet if we ask them, think about ice spikes. Instead of like mechanically trying to do it, because they're not thinking about ice spikes like that. So they're thinking about. You see, they're kind of backwards about it. But in your mind, think that maybe your mind can affect the creation of ice spikes. And I bet that their results would show you know, proportionally higher than before they were thinking mm -hmm. that in that way. You know, another experiment. Yeah, certainly. I'll, uh, I'm, I'm going to refill the ice tray as soon as we're done here. <laughs> okay, not vodka. That's the work of vodka do. Vodka, you know. It's got to be water. Yes. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I'd... I know. I was thinking, wait a minute. That doesn't, that's not a good example. Everybody knows, I should I put this shit in the freezer all the time? It never ice spikes on me. <laughs> yeah. So, well, yeah, if any listeners see an ice spike, uh, let us know. And, yeah. and, uh, and Ephraim, you should try, uh, try an experiment with these, with your water and your tray and think of love and compassion and all this and give it, yeah, give it some love and see what happens. No, that's interesting because that's what uh, Masaru Emoto was doing. You know, because he was saying like, if you feeling like he actually actually I put that picture on my website for the page of it, the ice crystal that formed from that love and that love emotion. 
and uh, it just creates a certain kind of crystal. So you're right. So it could be like that, that wavelength, that emotional wavelength might be creating it, or like you're saying, from the heart. But it'd be interesting to, to see what it is. All right, guys, I appreciate you guys letting me rant on this for a little bit. No problem. It's been great. Yeah. Yeah, we'd like to thank both of you for coming on, and hopefully we can have you have you guys on again real soon. Yeah, definitely. I'm up definitely for having me. was a call-in show and that was a lot of fun yeah yeah that was great yeah we should do that again i'm really looking forward to it yeah it's good so like we said before if you guys are interested in getting in on that uh shoot us an email or a tweet or a facebook and let us know and we'll maybe we'll do it every three months or so i just like talking about this shit eh? like it's it's cool how people uh have a hard time sometimes chatting with people in their normal life day to day so it's nice that they want to just open up and talk about stuff right without being judged or feeling stupid or anything like that yeah we'd like to thank all our uh, call-ins or well i guess you can't really call it call-ins because we call them but yeah it's kind of a it's kind of a text uh tweet call-in reverse it well we'll call it a call-in so we'd like to thank all our callers uh that came in on this episode and again let us know if you want to get in on the future and of course we'll be back with our next week's episode is going to be with uh, filmmaker kevin booth creator of a bunch of documentaries um, the two i think we're going to be speaking about the most are going to be american drug war one and two which are are great so i'm really looking forward to that it should be a a, a great chat yeah if you have any questions uh email us graham at grahamerica.com and Darren at GrahamAmerica.com. Yeah, and as always, hate mail goes to feedback at GrahamAmerica.ca. We don't read that. Yeah, no. We'll get an intern to read all the hate mail. Yeah, and, and Twitter, uh, what's your Twitter? At GrahamAmerica. And Facebook, like the Facebook. We're getting more likes now, thanks yeah, to... so like the Facebook page. Yeah. And... As always, you'll uh, find links to some of the stuff we talked about and links to all the music you heard in this episode as well. So, like I say, guys, we'll be back to our regular format next week, and I hope you enjoyed the the call-in show, and we'll see you soon.
grace the stage where uh, Boris Johnson has just made light of uh, the use of chemical weapons in Syria, <laughs> meaning that GQ can now stand for Genocide Quips. <laughs> uh, I mention that only to make this next comment a bit lighter, because if any of you uh, that know a little bit about history and fashion will know that Hugo Boss made the uniforms for the Nazis. Like, and the Nazis did have flaws, but, you know, they did look fantastic, let's face it while they were killing people on the basis of their religion and sexuality. Genocide quips are okay. No, it's okay. It's okay. It's already been sanctioned. It's all cool. The, the, the fellow that does our trains says it's cool. Like, you know, it's fair enough. Like, he might not have known. <laughs> we're selling a lot of these f***ing... They're flying off the shelves. We had a lot of clients in the 30s and 40s. I can't remember all of them. Did you make a lot of elasticated crotches, Hugo? Did it ring any bells? <laughs> hey, listen. Now, I'm seriously grateful to be part of the publishing industry, the fashion industry. Fight the power. <laughs> I'm happy. Don't take life too seriously. Soon we'll all be in the grave.